0: Hey, good morning and thank you for worshiping with us at West or if you are listening to us via podcast or later on in the day on Sunday or throughout the week, we're just really grateful that you're taking a few minutes to check us out and hear the message that we have to share this morning. We are talking about prayer and does it work? And the idea that uh, sometimes it feels like we're just offering words to like the great beyond and it, it doesn't really matter. Sometimes we feel like prayer is just hocus pocus. We treat God like a vending machine or uh, we just, we really wrestle with prayer. And it's interesting if you Google prayer, it's actually one of the most searched for topics in Google. And we also find ourselves in a day and an age where we necessarily don't think about prayer, but we think about mindfulness. And so one of the things that I'm encouraging us throughout this message series is to understand that they are the same thing. And prayer is not some big fancy thing that you have to say all these right words and do it a certain way. It is simply like just being present in the moment and recognizing that God is not like a physical human being. God is a presence, an energy, a love. And that energy and love exist within each of us every second of our lives, even before we're born and then long beyond. It it exists with us. And uh, it's just prayer is a beautiful... and a powerful thing. So in this message series, I'm trying to communicate with us how we can pray and how can we we can do it effectively and feel like our prayers are being heard. Last week we talked about just simply saying the word here, that if we need to feel the presence of God or evoke the presence of God, if we'll just say the word here, we will we will encounter God. And I promise you it works. So I invite you to try that. And today we're gonna to talk about the word thanks. If you are newer to the West community, I invite you to text the word WELCOME to the number that you see on the screen or the number that I'm getting ready to say, 704-343-8955. Text the word WELCOME to that number and let us know that you are worshiping with us. You've had your fun. It's time to go. Come on, Allison. Max, she's right. Let's go. Oh, come on, it's just a bunch of hocus-pocus. Max, I'm not kidding this time, it's time to go. Max, no! Uh Uh-oh. we're going to dive right in you see the little crystal ball here trying to figure out if if prayers for real or is it just hocus pocus prayer does work but one of the things that I'd like for us to think about is that prayer does not necessarily like change the mind of god what if prayer actually changes us. It transforms us. Now there's the whole issue of what about miracles and unanswered prayers, and we're going to deal with that in the next two weeks. But today we are going to talk about just simply being present, being mindful, and continuing on with the idea of saying here. There is another word that is just so powerful when we think about prayer, and that is the word thanks uh Meister Eckhart said that if thanks is the only prayer we ever offer to God just the simple word thanks then that is enough and i believe it thank you thanks it's such a powerful Word, a powerful idea, and so today we're we're going to look at that just a little. So, what is thanks? Actually, it is gratitude for an unexpected grace. So, wants to think about that for just a second. It is gratitude. It's it's being thankful, happy, responsive for an unexpected grace. Now, the definition of grace is a gift that we are given that we don't, uh, we haven't solicited, we probably don't even deserve. And so it's being thankful for an unexpected gift. Uh, that's what thanks is. So I want us to uh, talk about this for just a minute and uh, do something fun with it. Now, when you say thank you, or thanks for something, believe it or not, there's like different levels of thanks. Like there's this, uh, as Anne Lamott writes in her book, Help, Thanks, Wow, she calls it the the DEFCON thanks, like the thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, my gosh, I'm so grateful that that did not happen, like some big emergency didn't happen. Like maybe when a state trooper, you pass a state trooper on the road and they turn their lights on and they flip around in the median and they start coming up behind you and you're like, oh, no, I'm so busted right now. And then they whiz by you to get another car. You're like, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Or uh, this morning... When I got to the office, it was really early, still dark. It was cold outside, and and so I thought, um, you know, I am going to, uh, I'm going to leave the back door open because it will help it be cooler in here, and we won't have to run the air. And so then I came down here a few hours later, and I started to uh, do some paper stuff, and all of a sudden, this tiny, tiny little frog. I mean, he was probably. No law. That big. He jumped so high. It scared me because uh, there was nobody here. And um, I screamed. And then I'm like, okay, little guy, you need to get back outside. You will die in the middle of all this chaos and uh, stuff. And so I got like some paper and I started shooing him. And he jumped over the paper and at me. And I'm like, dude, you're on your own. Uh, so I don't know if dead frogs smell, but the, uh, we're going to experience a dead frog here in the office. Uh, Um, So those are the times that, like, I was just grateful he didn't jump on me. Uh, Those are the times that we say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Like something really big and really urgent that could be really bad happens, and we're just this, like, urgent and deep relief. And so we say thank you, thank you, thank you. But then there are other times in our lives that we face things that are serious and hard. And our thanks is expressed in a different way. It's like, oh, my God, thank you. And I'm not saying, oh, my God, like using God's name in vain. But I'm saying, in that moment, we just feel this this feeling that washes over us. And we're like, I am just so, I'm so grateful Is there a time in your life that you can remember one of those two things? Odds are that we can all remember like the easy thank yous, right? Like we even find a parking space in the, a a good one in the torrential rain at Target, or there's not a lot of traffic on 77 or 150, or, you know, there's just some other small thing that happens in our lives, but it's really important to us and we're able to go. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. But we've probably also found ourselves in those times and places where we're like, oh, God, thank you. This morning... I would like for us to remember and be encouraged by the fact that when we feel like our prayers don't make it anywhere, when we feel like we're just thinking thoughts and they're hitting the ceiling of our brain or a literal ceiling in a room, when it feels like God isn't listening and God isn't answering our prayers, I want us to stop and find a way to say thanks. So that brings us to the idea that, you know, it's okay and easy to say thanks when things are good, right? Like when things are happening in our lives and, and things are good, it's, it's easy to say thank you. But how do we say thanks when things are not so good? That's the difficult part. And so I want us to understand that in those moments... Regardless of how bad and how tragic they are, there's always a way. There's always something to be thankful for. That seems really easy to say, standing here in this space. And um, if you're worshiping with us uh, online, we're here in our office. It's our little production studio. If if you are In good times, it's easy, and if you're not, there's still stuff to be thankful for. It seems just um, not really true to say that you can always find something to be thankful for. Because, like, what happens when someone that we love dies? Or what happens when uh, a tragedy strikes in our lives? How can we find something to be thankful for? It's really actually the whole point of the message because I believe and we are taught that when we say the word thanks, it at least creates a space for God to work and move within us, for God to speak to us, for God to be present in that moment. Like, it at least opens us up. And so maybe we can't, like, thank God for the absolute tragedy but maybe we can thank God for something in that situation or maybe we have to go a long way back and and think okay this isn't the first time that my life's been sort of crappy I can remember a previous time that something was difficult and I made it through that maybe in that way we can find a way to say thanks You know, it's important to remember about pain and being hurt. We are all going to be hurt to the point that it seems impossible for us to heal. We are all going to be hurt to the point that it seems impossible for us to heal those things. Happen when we confront our failures and we confront our mortality. None of us like to fail, right? And so when we fail, uh, that's a pain that we carry or when we confront our mortality by a diagnosis from a doctor or recognizing that someone that we have, we have loved for so long is battling for their life or received uh, just a really tragic diagnosis or someone suddenly dies, we all end up being haunted by our failures and our mortality. And so that makes it really hard for us to understand and believe that we can, in all things, find a way to give thanks. I struggle with it too, so I don't ever want to say, oh, it's so easy, and and me be like the pastor act like i've got it all figured out um i've been determined i'm really going to work on a gratitude journal because we are really going to stress that throughout the month of november as a church and before we ask you to do something we believe that we need to do it too as your staff leaders and so uh labor day i thought all right this is my time it's time to turn over a new leaf the month of september i'm going to keep a gratitude journal and i did okay for three days and then something just really crappy happened and I saw something on social media that hurt my feelings, which is why I try to stay off of social media. And it it really just, it messed with my mental psyche. And I sat down to do my gratitude journal and I'm like, I've got nothing. Now I know that And knew in the moment that there were things that I could be thankful for. But I was so stubborn and so hurt and so wounded in that moment. I just did not have it in me. To write down anything that I was thankful for. So I slammed my journal shut. Threw it on the chair and went about my day. The day, by the way, did not get any better. And so... Perhaps one of the lessons that we can learn is that saying thank you does not only open us up to God, it opens us up to the presence and being able to see, not just our own self-absorption, but see the ways that God is at work. Because guess what? God is always present in the sacredness and the sacredness of every moment. And it's up to us to be willing to see that and open up to that. I thought it was interesting that uh, the journal that I was using, I was so frustrated and so mad and so stubborn that I was not going to write anything. You know, have you ever heard that adage, the dog ate my uh, homework? Axel, our German shepherd, uh, ate my gratitude journal. Like the whole cover is gone and uh, the few pages that I'd written on the things to be thankful for, like a few days later, I went back to read them, and those pages were gone. I'm like, now there's a lesson, Andrea. Perhaps you should have, like, first of all, not thrown your journal, but taken the time to actually write a few more things. Later on, I found behind the chair, like, just little shreds of the paper. And when I looked at them, I saw a few things that I had written, like, Uh, Great relationship with my son and his future fiance. We are going to see them soon and meet her parents. And that's something that a year ago, I didn't know where uh, that relationship would be, where I would be in regard to that relationship. And it reminded me, even in the crappiness of the current moment, that There was something to be thankful for. So I do want us to remember that even when we don't feel like saying thank you, even when we don't think there are things to be thankful for, that if we'll pause and look around, there are things. And another important thing to remember is that revelation, like when things are revealed to us, that is not for The faint of heart. So, if we say thank you to God, when we pray and open ourselves up to God, one of the things that needs to happen is we need to expect God to work in that moment. We need to look for ways that God is showing up. And one of the parts and pieces of that is understanding that when God reveals things to us, when we finally see, They may not be what we want to see. It is important that we understand that prayer, God is not a vending machine. Like we don't get to throw in a dollar and get out a bag of M&Ms or potato chips. God doesn't work that way. And honestly, I don't have any magic answers and I won't in two weeks, but we're going to explore all the different parts and pieces of when are prayers answered, why are some prayers answered and some not, and how does that work. But if we will understand and accept that God is at work in all things, and Scripture tells us that God uses all things for the good of those who love God. So even if it's a bad thing, even if it's a crappy situation, or we've been hurt immeasurably, and it feels like our pain is never going to heal, or we are so uh, tripped up by our own failures of morality, you know, God is still at work in those things and God does take every single thing every single thing and work it for the good. So that revelation piece it's important that we understand it isn't for the faint of heart. Like the things that are revealed to us, they may not be what we want to see. We may want the situation to just magically get fixed. We may want a panacea, but Part of it is, it's like we have this jewel, okay, this unrefined jewel buried deep within us. And this thing called life, it chips away at the jewel and it refines it and it polishes it and it perfects it. So we're all like this jewel and and life, you know, wears away our rough edges and all the stuff that is encasing us. And at some point, we get to shine And we get to be that beautiful soul and person that we are created to be. But to get to that place, we do have to go through the icky and the crappy stuff. So part of that journey is seeing things that have been revealed. Seeing the lessons that we can learn even from the most difficult of circumstances. If you've been with West for any period of time, you probably have heard me reference the fact that my mom died when I was nine years old. Standing, I was up on the chancel area in the church. It was Vacation Bible School commitment commencement, and she died unexpectedly. She had not been sick, and uh, she became comatose in that moment. Like I'm ten feet from her, I was nine years old. It was tragic. And it's not until like I've hit later in life that I think of through therapy, I realized exactly how tragic that moment was. A while back, though, I was talking to a friend of mine and we were talking about death and trauma. And I said, you know, I, I certainly wish that I could have had my mom growing up. And as I had children, I wish she could have known them and uh, I wish I had my mom when I went through my divorce, and and then I wish my mom could have known Tom. Uh, I, I wish all those things, but I can totally see, and I mean this with full sincerity, I can totally see how God used something so tragic and so horrific for good. How did I know that, you know, A couple of decades later, I'd end up being an associate pastor at one of the largest Methodist churches in our conference. And how did I know that uh, I would end up being over pastoral care? How did I know that I would spend time with four different families that had nine-year-old little girls whose moms died tragically? Two in the lake and two from cancer. And, you know, sometimes when a death happens and you are with that person, you're like, I know exactly how you feel. You can't really say that because you've never walked in their shoes. And it's probably not, even if you have, it's not really the best thing to say. It's just, you know, I'm so sorry. That's always good to say or say nothing at all. Just be there, that ministry of presence. But honestly, in each of those situations, at least with the fathers that had lost their spouse, I was able to say I've been there and look I came through on the other side and that death and that trauma and that tragedy it shaped me and God has used it and still uses it over and over again for good so thank you God not that my mom died But thank you, God, for using something that could have just crippled me for the rest of my life. Thank you for using it for good. Thank you for working in me so that other people may be able to see you. That's what I mean when I say revelation is not for the faint of heart. Like, I would have preferred not to have to learn that lesson. But I did. So when you experience trauma or when you experience tragedy and you're like, how in the world, God, do you want me to give you thanks for this? It's important to remember that God makes a way where there is no way. I wish I knew who coined that phrase, I do not, uh, somebody way long ago and someone so wise and so deep, but it's true. God makes a way where there is no way. And so regardless of what tragedy we are facing, death or mortality or financial situations or health concerns, severed relationships, addictions, all those things. It's important to remember that in all those things, there's still a way to say thank you. It probably won't be a thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. That high level thank you. But there is a way to go, oh my God, thank you. It's important to know too that our gratitude, it, it often starts out like that. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. It starts out as a feeling. But if we're lucky, it ends up becoming a behavior. Remember when a reference like, oh, God, thank you. I found the perfect parking spot at Target. Now, I'm going to tell you, I'm pretty sure, first of all, God was not involved in the design of the Target parking lot here in Mooresville because it is insane. Like, there is no rhyme or reason to getting out of that parking lot. But... God doesn't really care, I don't think, about our parking lot spaces. I don't think God is some kind of magic genie with some hocus pocus up there waving a wand and making a car leave so we can zoom right in. Sometimes there is such a thing as luck, good luck and bad luck. But how cool is it? That we would even go in our brains to think, Thank you, God, for the parking space. Because that means gratitude has moved from being a feeling to it is now a behavior. It marks who we are. And if you want to have a happy life, if you want to live a life of contentment and joy and peace, that is what needs to happen. That's why we're talking about gratitude as a part of prayer, it is the key. We open ourselves up first, we say here, and then we are like, God, thank you. Thank you. Even when this sucks, thank you. Gratitude can become so much more than a feeling. It can become a behavior. I want you to read this quote from Anne Lamott. It's so powerful. The movement of grace toward gratitude brings us from our self-obsessed madness to a spiritual awakening. And gratitude is peace. The movement of grace, remember that unexpected gift, that's what thanks is, an acknowledgement or appreciation for the unexpected gift. The movement of that unexpected gift toward gratitude, it brings us out from being all focused on ourselves. And it moves us to a spiritual awakening. Gratitude is peace. When Jesus was teaching, not just his followers, but the religious leaders, he made a really big point that is so relevant for us today. So take a look at this passage from Luke chapter 12. The servant who knows what his master wants and ignores it, or insolently does whatever he pleases, that servant will be thoroughly thrashed. But if he does a poor job through ignorance, he'll get off it with a slap on the hand. Great gifts mean great responsibilities, and greater gifts mean greater responsibilities. So if Jesus was telling that story or when he was telling that story in that particular time and context, he was trying to make the point, look, if if you know enough to know what you're doing and how to carry yourself and conduct yourself and you don't do it, you are so wrong. And that's so bad. Like, it's going to feel like a lashing. But if you're not doing what you should be doing out of a lack of knowledge or an ignorance or lack of wisdom, that's different. And he was trying to tell them, look, you know better. You know that God is love and you know that the commandments are about love and honoring God and loving yourself and loving your neighbor. But you want to get all messed up about all these other rules and keeping people out instead of letting them in. So he uses this example, and then he goes on to say, to whom much is given, much is required. And if you've been given much, your responsibilities, they're huge. Spider-Man also says that lesson, but I particularly care for the way that Jesus taught it. But to whom much is given, much is expected and required. And so saying thank you, it's a little bit more than just hoping if we do that, then we're going to get what we really want next. It's about making ourselves present in the moment with God. It's about acknowledging that in all things, God makes a way. It's about knowing that even in the most horrific, horrific sadness and pain, healing is possible. It's about knowing that God always makes a way where it seems there is no way. And as we say so often here at West, the worst things. They are never the last things. I believe what I'm saying. And listen, I get that life's not cushy. Right now in the season of life and ministry, um, apparently October is Pastor Appreciation Month, and I'm not saying that to you so you'll appreciate me. I'm just saying it's a thing. And so, like, early Sunday morning, Brad sent a text. He's like, today's a special day. Congratulations. I'm like, did I win something like What's happening? And he's like, no, I just want you to know today's Pastor Appreciation Day. I'm like, I've missed that memo somehow. Okay, good. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate that. And, you know, we had online church and then we had in-person worship and, you know, uh, set up and tear down post-COVID is just seemingly impossible. And I'm used to worshiping a certain way with a certain group of people and a certain number of new people and children and babies and uh, missional engagement and small groups, and it's very different now. It hasn't gone away, actually. The church is very healthy, and uh, our neighbor in the office uh, next door on Monday, I was leaving. He's like, hey, how's it going since you got back in person? I'm like, eh, And he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, you know, it's the statistics are true. Everything I hear from other pastors or everything that I read, 25 to 30 percent is what comes back in the room. I said, it's true for us, too. And we didn't have like 3,000 to choose from when we started. So now it's different. I said, so I I think I'm wrestling with feeling a little bit like a failure. And he said, well, what about online? And I said, well, actually, online, online. he says, how many do you have? I said, it ranges from 200 to 250, depending on the week. He's like, so 250 plus 50, that's 300. I said, yeah, it is. He goes, is that what you had pre-COVID? I'm like, no, not really. Um, sometimes, but not consistently. And now, I mean, we even average over 300 Sometimes. He's like, well, that seems okay to me. Like, well said. Thank you. But like, flashback to Sunday for just a second. Worship here was good. It was nice to have volunteers here serving, and uh, the energy in the room was good. And I went to the high school, and we did a fun little skit with the Hocus Pocus and talking about here. Chris Hampton taught us how to do a breath prayer. It was really a powerful experience. And then after worship, you know, I'm just used to greeting hundreds of people. Not to get out of girls, but just to see you like I miss you. And so by the time it was over, like in three milliseconds, I was sad. And I'm like, I just don't know. Like, I don't know if I can do this anymore. I I feel like a failure. And if I feel like a failure, that's going to rub off on the staff. And I don't want them to feel like a failure. And so uh, I was getting ready to go. We had packed up. Thank goodness for the volunteers that stayed. And Dawn was uh, walking toward me, sorry, with this glass vase. And I'm like, oh, okay, she must have something for somebody. I didn't think anything about it. Uh, And she goes, hey. I'm like, hey. She's like, here. I'm like, what's this? She's like, it's from us. It's Pastor Appreciation Day. And it's from the staff. And I'm like, wow, I didn't know it was today. And so I took it, I put it in the trunk, and honestly, I felt so unworthy to even look at it. Um, When I got home, I took it out and just put it up on a shelf in the garage. I wouldn't even, I really wouldn't look at it because I didn't feel like I deserved it. And um, Sunday came and went. And I'm like, I should say thank you. I'm preaching on saying thank you. I've not said thank you to the staff. And I was determined that I didn't want to just give a fake thank you. So I wasn't going to say anything until I opened the gift. And yesterday, Dawn and I were talking. And um, she's like, well, did you open it? I'm like, no. And she's like, well, open the present. I'm like, okay. And so uh, late last night, I opened it. And I started taking out like these things of candy that were so beautifully taped to these straws. And it was all my favorite things like Reese cups and Twix bars and um, M&M's and cow tails. And that was like my dad's favorite candy that he was notorious for giving out in the community. And then there were gift cards. And I don't mean like the staff just threw, you know, $5 and a hat and said, go get her, you know, uh, QT or something. It was all my favorite places, Ulta and um, TJ Maxx and Amazon and Target. And they just kept coming. I'm like, oh, my gosh. And then I thought, they know me and they love me. And so even though I can be driven and uh, determined for excellence and passionate about reaching the unchurched, even if it means, you know, we have to do things that make us uncomfortable. They love me in spite of all those things. So this morning when I woke up and I'm like, oh, it's time to preach again. My next thought was, thank you for that opportunity. Because even though I don't exactly have it figured out, how we're supposed to be the church post-pandemic. I do know that I'm not alone. We have an amazing staff team, amazing leaders, amazing volunteers, and we have you. And if you're here and you're checking it out, then you got to be vested somehow. And so we're grateful. And so uh, there's another verse in the scripture that talks about thanks. And the Apostle Paul, who had this a major, major conversion from like killing Christians and followers of the way, followers of Jesus, to like being a church planter all over Rome and that area. He said, every time I think of you, I thank God for you. And then he'd write some blistering letters to them, like, you need to shut up and be quiet because you're bickering too much. I mean, he'd get to the point, but it always start with, every time I think of you, I thank my God for you. So this morning, I want you to get some pieces of paper. And during this song, I want you to write down things you're thankful for. They can be, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you prayers or they can be oh my god thank you thank you for showing up through the staff thank you for showing up through my friends thank you for showing up through this inner peace that i have that carries me through and in all things and then what i want you to do is i want you to take those pieces of paper I want you to put them somewhere. If you got one of our faith infusion boxes, you got a jar. It's the thanks jar. I want you to take those pieces of paper so your dog will not eat them and put them in the jar. And then the next time you are having the crappiest day or crappiest moment, I want you to go get your papers. Because they'll say things like cowtails from the staff or friends. Or a car that runs. Or money in the checking account. Or good health. Or just peace in the face of adversity. We can always find a way to say thanks. Because God always makes a way. Will you pray with me? Gracious God, you are a big God. And we may not see how you are at work in a situation in the present moment. But if we will dig deep and just be willing to say thank you, you always show up because you're already there. It's just up to us to get over our self-absorption and see that amazing gift of grace, the unexpected grace that shows up. Help us to see it. Help us to be grateful for it. And we offer ourselves to you with grateful hearts and saying thanks. Amen. I wasn't kidding. I want you to take this song, and I want you to go write down at least 10 things you're thankful for. And then go read them. It'll make a difference. And I thank God for you every day.